The Supreme Court's ruled to continue allowing access to the abortion pill mifepristone, at least for now. The drug is used in more than half of all abortions in the U.S. and to manage miscarriages. Now, two weeks ago, a Texas judge ruled that the FDA improperly approved mifepristone more than 20 years ago. After Friday's SCOTUS ruling, the case now goes back to an appellate court to decide on whether to rescind the FDA approval. So joining us now to discuss the latest development in this legal battle is WBEZ Health in Cook County government reporter Kristen Schorsch. Welcome back, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Good morning. We're also joined by the executive director of Chicago Abortion Fund, Megan Jaifo. Welcome, Megan. Hi, so glad to be here. So I, I want to start with your initial reactions to, to Friday's ruling. You first, Megan. Um, yeah, I was on the soccer field with my kiddos, and it's like it's like when you always remember where you are when something happens notable mm-hmm. uh, in the last year related to Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs decision and now this. Um, and I got a phone call from a reporter, actually, who told me what had happened, and I just, like, kind of the air went out. Um, I think all of us had been waiting for uh, not great news. And so this little reprieve um, is really important for the people that we support. Your thoughts, Kristen? Yeah, I started, I didn't call Megan right away, but I was texting and calling other like abortion providers and just saying, hey, I want to make sure I know what this means and what it means going forward. Um, You're such like, a reporter. I am, right? Well, it's my job, right? Because I mean, I we didn't know the Supreme Court had until 11.59 right. p.m. on Friday to decide. So we were just wondering, when is this going to happen today and what's it going to look like? Yeah, so, what did your coverage look like before this ruling? Well, I was really talking to um, abortion providers. I talked to Megan with the Chicago Abortion Fund here, um, about what they were kind of bracing for, which was a variety of things. Um, You know, so medication abortion typically involves two pills. Mifepristone, which is the one we're talking about, um, that SCOTUS just ruled on, Mm -hmm. access to, and then um, misoprostol. And so what the abortion clinics were telling me they were doing is they're like, well, we might have to brace for having only misoprostol only, which could create barriers for patients mm-hmm. because it's it you have to um, take more doses of it in longer periods of time. So when you think about people traveling here from out of state, they're potentially going to have to stay the night. Um, it's less effective as the two-drug combination and has much stronger side effects. And so then that also raises the questions of are patients going to choose for more inpatient um, surgical procedures because they don't want to risk taking the, you know, miso only so to speak mm-hmm. and it not working and then having to come back for that procedure anyways so there were just a lot of I things see. flurrying in the air of what you know so many unknowns take another step back if you will Kristen. just remind us how we got here as far as the legal battle yes so it's all very confusing right we've got a lot of lawsuits we have dueling lawsuits we had this lawsuit out of texas that essentially is trying to invalidate the fda's approval of mifepristone which has the fda approved more than 20 years ago um that made its way to the appellate court, which said the drug could remain on the market for now, but with restrictions. Um, no more being able to mail it, and you could only take it up to seven weeks while pregnant instead of 10, for example. At the same time, there was this lawsuit out of Washington, and Illinois was one of more than a dozen states that was part of this lawsuit. And in that lawsuit, the judge said the opposite. The status quo has to remain. The FDA cannot take away access to mifepristone. And so Illinois providers were operating on that ruling essentially the status quo we're still going to offer Mm -hmm. it abortion is legal and available in illinois so then um biden president biden asked the supreme court to intervene in that appellate court case tied to texas in which then on friday night we find out okay so just that little piece of the access the question can mifepristone remain on the market yes while these 
yes, for now, while these other cases wind their ways through the court. So that's how we got here. It's I see. Lots of lots of uh, clarity. So, so Megan, <laughs> then given all of this, what precedent would you say this sets for, for developments in this post-Row world? Yeah, I mean, I think we also need to be clear who filed the initial lawsuit in Texas, which... Um, in our view, is an anti-abortion hate group. It's the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. Um, and this is, you know, unwarranted political interference with basic health care. And this is the first time a court has, to, to I think, to, to my knowledge, overruled FDA approval for any drug ever in yes. this country. Yeah. And so I think that Republicans know that access to abortion um, is a winning issue for the left. And for single-issue voters, it's now um, they're overwhelmingly pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, people in this country are pro-abortion, are pro-access to abortion. And so they're doing back-channel deals with Trump-appointed judges um, to uh, usurp the will of the people of this country. Um, this is unprecedented. It, yes, this Friday's ruling by the Supreme Court is like a, a small victory, but this never should have been in question in the first place. So a, a new NPR poll out this morning, it shows that roughly two-thirds of Americans oppose banning medication abortions. Uh, so included in the poll, 62% of respondents said they have, quote, not very much or no confidence in the Supreme Court. The most notable divide was among Republican men and women respondents, with 61% of men saying they mostly have confidence in the court, and 54% of women saying they don't. What do you make of that? I mean, it's it's not it's not surprising to me. Um, you have Republicans in states trying to go as far as banning ballot measures because they know when abortion is being voted upon, it's a winning issue. Um, people, the vast majority of, I, this is one of my favorite statistics, Catholics believe in access to abortion, are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dominant narrative that... Um, that we have allowed to progress where we have been afraid to talk about abortion publicly or afraid to say abortion, um, use the word and and use these women's health euphemisms, reproductive choice euphemisms. Um, I think they got us partly to where we are because because the majority of people in this country support abortion. It's been 10 months since Roe v. Wade uh, was overturned. Kristen, tell us more from the healthcare standpoint, what else you're, you're seeing among providers and hearing. Well, I think it's just a lot of whiplash. It's it's a lot of um, trying to stay on message with patients when they come, when they call and when they come in with questions of what is still legal here? What are my options? Should I want an abortion? And so, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to a provider um, before the SCOTUS decision and she was like, look, I'm not an attorney, but every single day I wake up and I'm talking to my staff about, okay, what can we do today? And what risk are we taking? And she was talking about how she wants to put the risk on herself. She doesn't want her nurses, for example, to worry about losing a license over something like that, right? Mm. Um, I will say, though, that Illinois has a shield law that protects providers here should an out-of-state law enforcement come and want to issue a subpoena, for example. And so you can't get extradited for providing an abortion in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think providers are just they're, – they're kind of waiting and seeing, embracing and seeing what are we going to be able to do here um, should, you know, SCOTUS in the future come back and, and rule on this? You know, that appellate court case, yeah. um, It I think the next hearing is in, is in May, but people are saying that this case likely will come back to the Supreme Court. So, you know, ruling on Mifepristone access yet again. Mm. Earlier this month, we, we talked to Illinois State Rep Kelly, uh, Kelly Cassidy, and she talked about these lawsuits. Here's a little bit of that conversation. What we know is the vast majority of abortions are, are being performed in this way because they're less invasive, less risky. Um, and, and so 
taking this off the table really puts a lot of people at risk. And I will say, I think that the goal of these lawsuits is as much to sow the confusion and fear that people think now that they can't get access to this medication just because they saw a headline. Um, and then maybe that will discourage them from seeking care. Yeah. Does what the uh, state rep said there ring true in your work, Megan, just based on what you've been seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I think chaos and confusion is kind of what they're trying to do here. Um, So people don't know what their options are. We have people who can have abortions in their own states routinely travel to Illinois for care because they think that it's illegal where they live. And I want to be very clear that regardless of what the Supreme Court does, with Mifepristone, regardless of, of how these cases work out, um, you can safely self-manage your abortion with pills sourced in your community. Um, you can do that by taking 12 misoprostol pills dissolved four at a time under the tongue every three hours, and you do not need to tell the police what you took if they ask. Um, and I think this is really important that we uplift um, how to safely manage abortion at home, and that that is an option. Um, People around the globe have been managing abortions with misoprostol-only regimens for decades. It is not the gold standard of mifepristone and misoprostol, but it is an effective way to terminate a pregnancy. And and we need to be talking about that loudly, too, so people that cannot afford to travel or don't have capacity to travel due to, you know, child care or work, et cetera, um, know that there are options um, close to home. How does the Chicago Abortion Fund plan to move forward in regards to this this ruling? I mean, I think, you know, we work directly with providers and patients and our position to get people the care they want, need, and deserve by any means necessary. Since uh, the summer of 2019, we have not turned a single caller away, and we we hope we will continue to be able to do that for a very long time. And we work very closely with um, our partners here in Illinois. We have a very strong ecosystem of um, providers, abortion funds around the region, um, doctors, hospitals, um, and our electeds who are really, I think, focused on making sure that in Illinois we not only continue to protect abortion access but to uh, continue to expand it. So we mentioned how mifepristone is also used to, to treat miscarriages, right? In our earlier conversation with um, Illinois State Rep. Kelly Cassidy, we talked about how many of these abortion drugs are used for other purposes. Let's listen again. My abortion was a medication abortion, and it involved a drug that is used to treat rheumatoid arthritis and many other diseases. You know, as these folks try to get clever, they're actually cutting off access to life-saving medication for other care. Um, this is not the only use for MIFI or MISO. Um, and, and so, you know, these are, these are dangerous games these folks are playing. Yeah, Kristen, I mean, what are you seeing and, and hearing as to, you know, why these are other indications for these drugs? Like, what, what dangers does this pose? Of taking mifepristone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, if you're using it for other, it's not only used to manage mis- miscarriages, right? It's used for other purposes. Then there is a ripple effect here. It's a domino effect that if you take away a drug that is approved for other uses, that just means that those patients are going to have to find something else. And mm-hmm. and what if there isn't another alternative, right? I will say um, Rep Cassidy and, and other lawmakers are part of a group of trying to preserve access to misoprostol, that second drug and the two-drug component for an abortion medication. Right. Um, so that is also ongoing, even though that right now is not at risk. But I was going to say, are people, we seeing indications that that's going to be targeted by legislation? I haven't seen that, but I think that people potentially didn't think that mifepristone would True. You know, get to a point where it is so fast. Yeah. And so they're trying to make sure they preserve access to that just in case. So 
Where does this leave us, Kristen? I mean, what is next for SCOTUS and, and the appeals to come? Right. Well, we're going to watch these um, lower case, lower lower court cases, so to speak, in Washington and Texas play out. Um, I think a lot of people are suspecting that the appellate court decision out of Texas about Mifepristone access is going to come back to the Supreme Court. So I think people are just going to be watching and bracing to see what happens next in the coming year. I'll give you the last word, Megan. Yeah, I mean, I just I'm thinking about the the poll numbers that you cited earlier about people's erosion or their their, their lack of faith in the Supreme Court now, and I I'm just really curious about how I, we don't know what's going to come next. I mean, the last year um, has been awful for um, abortion access, and um, I think we just need to continue to steal ourselves and be ready to support people who need abortion care. Executive Director of the Chicago Abortion Fund, Megan J. Ifo, and WBEZ's Health and County Government Reporter, Kristen Schorsch. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you.